Welcome to the Parkway Life Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hearing the word of the Lord, and tonight I'm so excited to you to bring to you a uh, an awesome man of God, Bishop Mark Foster. This past Sunday, at his church, he's been pastoring for many moons. How many? 19 years you've been pastoring in West Monroe, and he just this past weekend moved to Bishop, and they voted in uh, a new pastor, and now he's the bishop. And so it's Bishop Mark Foster, and uh, we're glad that he's here and his precious wife Paula, and that's right. And I know that many of you in this church don't know Brother Foster, but Brother Foster is definitely known. I've been knowing him for all of my years in ministry. I've heard his name been I've not really been around him very much, but know of his name, and I don't know that I've even heard you preach. So I got a lot of faith tonight. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. This guy has preached all over the world, literally all over the world, and uh, is well known as a great man of God. And uh, I'm, I'm just, I think it's awesome. Uh, so many men my age look up to Brother Foster as just a mentor and a friend, and just setting the pace for us and, and the steps that we're going to be taking in a few years. And what he did just just did by turning his church over to someone else and it being so smooth. And, man, all of that's teaching us guys. And, and uh, I thank you for being so wise and how you're handling all that. And, uh, but, man, I'll tell you, when we our staff got together and we was trying to think of someone, we wanted a seasoned. Is that all right? We wanted a seasoned guy to come in tonight, not a new whippersnapper. And, uh, and we, all of us agreed that Mark Foster would be a perfect guy for you. You're going to love this guy ministry. In fact, you're going to love him so much you're going to be begging for us to get him back here on a Sunday. I know that's the truth. But uh, so glad that they are with us tonight, him and his precious wife. Would you put your hands together for Brother Mark Foster. Now put your hands together for Jesus right now. My, it's great to be here with every one of you. You may be seated. So I just want to open my heart to you uh, for a few minutes tonight. And I'm simply going to title this, Say It Again. Turn around to somebody and say, Say It Again. And, you know, any way you look at it, any way you slice it, life just keeps coming. Life is tough. Has anybody, anybody ever, ever learned that? You, you know, now, now maybe, maybe life's been a piece of cake for you, and, and if it has, I'm so happy for you, but I'm asking you, please stay alive at least four or five more days because it's going to get tough sometimes. Life is going to get tough. Life is often a battle. It's a, it's a fight. And we, we sometimes wonder if we're not in a war, a war of words and a war of wills, a war of just trying to keep our head above water, a war of surviving, a, a war of making it. 
And here we are in Holy Week. And Jesus gave us an example. Jesus' life was not easy. Because he knew that our life would not be easy. He didn't have a place to call his own. He didn't have a roof over his head. And then, of course, he was in the garden facing facing the cross. And he prayed, Father, if there be some way, let this will, or let, let, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Now, what he was saying basically was, you know,
I know what I'm here for. But I just want to hear it one more time. Just say it again. I'm here to tell somebody tonight, whatever you're going through, whatever valley you're in, whatever mountain you're climbing, matters not how dark the night, we must never forget that the battle is the Lord's. I've got to remember, the battle is the Lord's. Now David recognized when approaching Goliath, when approaching a fight that he had never fought before in his life, he recognized that the battle is the Lord's. First up, First Samuel 17, 47. Now this is where he's talking to Goliath. And now mind you, he never called Goliath by name. And he never called him a giant. Never called him a giant and never called his name. But here's what he was telling. He said, then all, he's speaking to Goliath as he's approaching. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. There's an old, old song. And I love the old ones and I love these new ones we sung tonight. They just bless me. I, I, I love them. But there's an old one that says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. All fear is gone. I've got hope because he lives. And so what I've got to understand, I've got to understand that the battle is the Lord's and I'm telling somebody tonight, don't claim something that's not yours. We often say, well, I, this, is just a, this is my fight to fight. This is a battle I've got to fight. No, it's not. The battle is the Lord's. Now, you may be in the middle of it, and you may be fighting it, but you've got to say, Lord, this is yours. I'm turning it out of my hands. I'm letting go of it, and I need you to fight this battle. The battle is the Lord's. We've got to understand that. And, and, and what you've got to understand is life sometimes puts you and me in situations that we had absolutely nothing to do with. Has that ever happened to anybody? A situation you had nothing to do with. You know, sometimes I find myself in a fight that found me. I remember when I was in junior high school. You know, in, in, I was in junior high. I, was, I, 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 I may have been the smallest kid in junior high school. And I had a guy come up. You know, and we had, we had in junior high school at that time, we had what we called hoods. They were hoods. That's what we called them. Now, some of y'all showing your age like I am because you know what I'm talking about. But the hoods, they stood across the street from the school and uh, but before school, and they, they, they had their jean, we all liked jean jackets back then, and they had their jean jacket collar turned up, and they had their hair kind of combed into a ducktail back here, and they were smoking cigarettes, and boy, they walked around school, they, they rolled their jean jacket sleeves up, and man, they walked around school like they were something. And I was this little old guy in about the eighth grade, and, 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 and I had a guy come up to me, big old hood. And you got to understand, these hoods, 
I mean, man, they had beards. Some of them were 17, 18 years old. No telling how many times they'd done the seventh grade. And so this one guy come up and he just, I didn't know him. I, I, just, I just knew he was a tough old boy. I knew he was a tough old boy. I still remember his name. And another guy, but he grabbed me. He just grabbed me and he grabbed my jean jacket like that and he turned it like that. And he said, I'm, going, I'm getting ready to destroy you. And I looked up and I was, I was like this. And about that time, another hood come up behind him. And I remember his name too. And he had his arms out like this and he hit him like that, right below the ribs. And he hit him hard and he went, oh, and he wound up on the floor. And he said, what did you do, uh, do that for? And he said, I don't want you to ever mess with him again. He said, come on with me. And I turned around. I looked over my shoulder, and you know what? I walked away with my Savior. Now, what I, what I understood at that point was that man had decided the battle wasn't mine. The battle was his, and he took the battle, and I learned a lesson in that. I've got to turn the battle over to Jesus. Uh, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter how tough it gets. I've got to say the battle is the Lord's. I'll never forget the guy. I mean, I, 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 must have, I must have looked like I was an easy mark at times. There was a big old boy. We got off the bus by Martini Hardware right, right down the road from Texas Bible College. My dad was the founding president of Texas Bible College. And we, we got off the, the, the bus there. And this big old boy was, I mean, I mean, he was about six foot two. I was about probably five, six and, and he weighed about uh, uh, probably 190 pounds, and, and I probably weighed 125 pounds soaking wet, and he was, he was picking on me. And I did have a fight with him later. I won't tell you about that tonight. But, uh, <laughs> but, but he was shoving me. And an old boy jumped out. Of, he didn't know there was a boy in the car there in the parking lot. And an old boy jumped out of the car. And took him and said, I'll take you right now. Said, hey, you're more, I'm more your size than he is. You want some of me? And my Savior stepped in. See, you've got to understand that Jesus Christ cares about you. He doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter how low you may be. It doesn't matter right now. If it seems like God's a million miles away, he knows where you are and he went to that cross for you. He rose on the third day for you and he's alive and well. David, David walked into a fight that he didn't choose. I remember my brothers, I had twin brothers, three and a half years younger, and they came home one day. I was in high school now, and they said, they said, Mark, there's a guy picking on us, and, 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 and said, 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 he's threatening to whip us, and, and they rode to Sterling High School in Houston, and at that time, it had just opened, and it was a junior high and a high school, and they were in junior high. He was in, they, this kid was in high school, so I said, and he said, they said, he lives over here close to us. I said, get in the car. Let's go. And uh, so we drove over, and, and he happened to be standing in the yard. We pulled up. I pulled up in his yard, had my arm hanging out the door, and I said, I hear you want some of these boys. Well, do you want some of me? 
And I'm so glad he didn't. <laughs> he backed down really quick and it was over. And the boys come back the next day and, and, and they said, they said, Mark said, guess what? Said, we rode the bus today. Rode the bus this morning and somebody started to pick on us and, and he said, whoa, wait a minute. He, they, they've got a big brother that's bad. You just got to understand that your heavenly father has your back. Now, I want to read out of, out, of, uh, out of 1 Samuel. You see, David walked into a battle not of his choosing. His father sent him to take some cheese sandwiches to his brothers who were in the army getting ready to fight a battle. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and 20. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, took the things and went as Jesse had commanded. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, came and greeted his brothers. And as he walked with them, there was the champion. The Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. So he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man fled from him and were dreadfully afraid, the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come to defy Israel. Now watch this close. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes. Now David heard Goliath, but he also heard what would be done for the man that whipped Goliath. And he said, hmm, Money, a beautiful woman, and no taxes for life. I think I can get into this. Israel is afraid and running, but David grasped the situation. And here's what David said. He said, what did you say? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did I hear you right? And he said, say it again. Say it again. I want to hear it one more time. I want to make sure that I'm hearing this right. So, verse 26, then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God. And the scripture says, and they told him again. What he said was, say it again. Say it again. I've got to hear it one more time. Now what I want you to notice is what happened next. Eliab. Let's just read it. Verse 28. And Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those 
few sheep in the wilderness. I know your pride. I know the insolence of your heart. For you have come to see the battle. Now David had stepped into a battle that he did not choose. And now his brother is trashing him. He was the little brother. And it wasn't just the giant that was talking to him, but it was his brother also. The giant was on him. His brother was on him. They were ganging up on him. Go with me to Psalm chapter 55, beginning with verse 12. For it is not an enemy who reproaches me. Then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me. Then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal, my companion, my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. And this is what was happening to David, his own brother. But David understood now. You see, David thought he was bringing lunch. He didn't know he was bringing destiny. He was bringing his destiny. And now my brother is, is, is trying to stop me. I'm bringing you lunch and you're trying to hold me back from my destiny. So you know what David did? David said, I'm tuning you out. I'm not paying any attention to you. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you think. I'm not going to listen. If I listen to you, I'll never reach my destiny. Sometimes uh, there, it, it, it may not be the enemy. Sometimes it may not be the devil. Sometimes it may be my brother. It may be my sister. And I've got to understand that I can't listen to the naysayers. Uh, the haters are always going to be there. The haters are always going to hate. All right? And sometimes you just got to cut the haters out of your life. You just got to cut them out of your life. And so I want you to watch what he did. Now, when his brother began to berate him, began to denigrate him, what did David he understood that you can't let your bitter, unhappy, complaining brother or sister stand in the way of your destiny. So he said, I don't need to get tied up with you. I don't need to get in a fight with you. The fight's not really with you. Now, you're wanting to make it uh, about you, but no, no, no. We're, the fight is not with you. Look at 1 Samuel 17, 29. This is David's response. As soon as his brother berated him, here's what, and David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned toward another. He turned away from his brother. He refused to argue with him. And said the same thing. In other words, he said, say it again. 
He turned to the guy that had told him what was going to happen if you whip Goliath. And he said, say it again. And it said, they said it. They answered him as the first ones did. So he said, I'm tuning out the voice of my brother. Wow. And so he said, I want to hear again from God. I want to hear from the king. He turned away from the complainer. What I'm telling somebody is don't get distracted on the way to your destiny. I was supposed to bring lunch and the giant showed up. And that's where some folks lose it right there. They stop right there. They fall off the wagon right there. But that is life. That's the way life goes. And so we've got to go full steam ahead. And how it went changed David's life forever. 1 Samuel 17, 23. Then as he talked with them. Now I want you, I want you to notice this. I want you to notice this. David heard Goliath. But he chose not to listen to Goliath. Now, I want to ask you, what voices are you listening to in your life? What voices am I listening to? It's my choice. I make decisions and choices every day. That's all life is. I, I chaplain the West Monroe High School football team, a very prolific football team. I, I've, I've, I've been with them to the Superdome five times in the ten years that I've chaplained them. And uh, they've won eight, a total of eight state championships. I've been with them to the Superdome five times to play for the state championship. They've, they've won twice, and they've lost it three times. They lost it again this year. But I've got two big old, big old rings that I have in my office that, that, that are state championship rings. Uh, but I tell those guys every Friday when I talk to them, I tell them life. Is not, guys, hear me. Life is nothing other than choices and decisions, uh, and there's consequences for both. Uh, so you've got to make the right choices and the right decisions after the football game on Friday night, and you've got to make the right choices and right decisions on Saturday night. And so David knew he had a choice to make. Uh, and so David tuned out the peril and he tuned in the promise. Uh, and he said, I hear the big guy out there, but I'm listening to you. Tell me again. Say it one more time. Say it again. Somebody needs to say, Lord, I need to hear it one more time. Say it again. Lo, I'm with you always. Uh, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Say it again. Somebody needs to say it again. Now, the scripture says in verse 11, and we won't read it, but the scripture says that Israel was scared to death. And David tuned their fear out. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Every time, let me tell you, every time, every Sunday, when, when pastor preaches, you know what you're going to do? You're going to walk out of here in more faith. 
because you're hearing the word of God. You're going to leave here tonight with more faith because you're hearing the word of God. That's why the enemy wants to keep you away from church. That's why the enemy wants to keep you out of the word. You know, it's not enough. I tell our folks, it's not enough just to come on Sunday and Wednesday. Hey, you need to read the words Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning. You need to be in the word. And you know what you're doing? When you sit down with that Bible or your devotional book, and I, I call it this, I like to get up early in the mornings and, and I'll go downstairs. Paula's often still asleep and, 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 and she always is in the Word too when she does get up. And, uh, <laughs> babe, I threw you under the bus. <laughs> she doesn't get up late. I just get up early. And... Uh, I call it Jesus, my Bible, and a cup of coffee. And I get in the Word, and I have, I have some prayer time. And, and, and that is so vitally important. But you've got to, when you get in the Word, you know what you're doing? When you take that Bible down every day. And you, or you get that devotion book that's got scripture in it. And you're reading it every day. Or you're reading it on your, on your iPhone. Or you're reading it, reading it on your tablet. You, you, you know what you're saying? You're saying, say it again, Lord. Say it again, Lord. I got to hear it again. I, you know, I preached this message a few months ago for my best friend in, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, a couple of little boys came up to me after church. And they had me sign my Bible. And I said, my Two handsome fellas here. Look, you guys are good looking. And one little old boy leaned his head back and he said, Say it again. I said, Man, he caught it. He, he, he caught it. You, you see, David refused to bow to what others ran from. And so you've got to understand you can rescue your family. You can have a better kind of life. David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? You've got to declare it. And David made a declaration. He said, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a shield. But I come to you in the name that is above every name. I believe David had a revelation into the name. He didn't know that name, but he knew there was power in that name. And he said, I'm coming to you in the name that is above every name. And the battle is the Lord's. You see, sometimes if we're not careful, we, we, we let our mouths get us in trouble. That ever happened to anybody? <laughs> we, we, we declare things the wrong way you see sometimes we declare I got this when we ought to be declaring God's got this did anybody hear me that's what you the next time you want to say I got this you need to stop and say whoa whoa wait a minute God's got this uh, Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever and that same Jesus uh, that died on the cross that rose on the third day that same Jesus is in this house right now he knows what you're going through he knows where you are he knows the pain and the turmoil of your heart and your mind he knows what you're facing and he's got He's got this. He's ready to do something for you this evening. You see, 
David said, you know what? My, my future is tied up in Goliath. And I've got a decision that, that I've got to make. I'm not a soldier. I'm just a boy. He was about probably about 17 years old. I didn't come looking for this, uh, but I'm making a decision that I know the battle is the Lord's, and so I am deciding to fight. Uh, and you see, you know what happened? Killing Goliath uh, is going to change David's life. Uh, it'll change your life when the giant falls. There may be some giants in your life. Young people, there can be some giants that you're facing. But you know what? You don't have to take it like the world takes it. You can be a shining light for Jesus Christ everywhere you go, and it doesn't matter what giant is in your life. Moms and dads, grandmothers, granddads, singles, it doesn't matter what giant is in your life. Jesus is bigger. He, he's bigger. And, and so, you see, killing Goliath changed everything for David. It changed where he slept. It changed how he lived. It changed who he married. It, 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 it changed his father's family. It changed his future. You kill Goliath, you're not going to tend sheep anymore. You're going to live in a palace. Wow. And so somebody tonight needs to rise up. And say, who is this giant? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine trying to take my marriage? Trying to take my family? Trying to take my kids? Trying to take my health? Trying to take my future? Who is this? Wow. So tonight, perhaps, perhaps you're in that battle. And if you will make up your mind. I am going to face this the right way. I want to look at Psalm chapter 137. By the rivers of Babylon we wept. This was, this was Israel. They'd gone into Babylonian captivity. By the rivers of Babylon we wept. There we sat down. Yea, we wept. When we remembered Zion, we hung our harps upon the willows. For those who carried us away asked a song. Now, what I need, I need some help. I, I, I need some help. Can I get some of you guys to come help me? Come on, come on, guys. I, I, need, I, I probably need eight or ten of y'all up here. All right? Oh, yeah, come on, come on, come on. All right. How many guys we got up here? We got six. How about some more? Got, got any more guys? Men, boys, young men. Here comes some more. Here comes some more helping me. All right. Woo, that's Goliath coming there. Hey, man. All right. Now, guys, here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you to cry. And I want you to really cry big, all right? I need you to really get into it, okay? All right. 
On the count of three, uno, dos, tres, cry. Yeah, raise your voice. Come on. Now here's Israel, and they're crying. They're wailing. Now these are the people of God. These are the children of God. These are the one that God's on their side. And they're getting louder while I'm getting louder. They're crying. They're, they're weeping and crying. Greg, you mind helping me? Come here, Greg. I go back with this guy long, long ways. Long ways. I want you to stand right there for right now. All right, I want to read another scripture. All right, they hung their harps on the willows. They wept and cried. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to go to Isaiah, I'm sorry, to Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 1. I want you to watch this close, all right? Now, it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, now watch this, as I was among the captives by the river Chebar. So here... Here is Ezekiel. And he said, I was by the river Chebar. The river Chebar is one of the rivers in Babylon. This is at the same time. I've, I've, I've searched it out. This was at the same time that these guys are over here crying. Weeping and crying. Hanging their harps up. They hung their guitars up. They, 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 they hung all the instruments up. And they said, we can't worship. We can't play. We, we, we can't sing. We, I mean, we're in the worst straits we've ever been in before. The giants are bombing us. They're, 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 they're beating us severely about the head and shoulders. And we, we've never been here before. And they're just crying. Now, here's a guy that's in the same shape. Same country, same captivity that they are, but I want you to watch this. Now, it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Chebar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. So hear me. While there's a bunch of them crying, all right, cry, guys. While there's a bunch of them crying and weeping, there's one over here that gets his hands in the air and says, you know what? They may cry, but I know my God. And the battle is the Lord's. Say it again, Lord. And I'm going to say it again. And he had the heavens open and he had visions of God. Woo! Man, I'm kind of getting fired up. Man, and I'm telling you, I feel it, <laughs> folks. <laughs> Woo, man, man, man. All right, y'all didn't get that. That was a joke. Now, I want to go down to Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, this is Ezekiel speaking, and set me down in the middle of a valley. 
and it was full of bones. Wow. All right, guys. Are you ready for this? You've been crying. Are you ready to die? Move over, move over here, Greg. Okay, y'all spread out just a little bit. Get away from the, I don't want you hurting any instruments, okay? All right. I don't want you to hurt yourself. But here we go. On the count of three, I want to see how good you can die. All right. I want to see you go all I, I want to see you go through it and, and fall. Okay, are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three, boom. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. All right. And it was full of bones. Verse 2. And God caused me to pass by them. All right. Walk around among them there, Greg. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. They'd been dead a long time. There was no skin on them. It was just a bunch of bones. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, Oh, Lord God, you know. Ezekiel was a smart man. He said, Lord, you know. Can these bones live? What a great answer. You know, God. You know. Here, I'm, I'm, I'm asking somebody right now. Are you in the middle of broken dreams? Are you in the graveyard of despair, of dreams that have been shattered? You believed they were going to come to pass, and it's now an impossibility. And you're discouraged, and you're down, and you're in despair, and you're fighting off depression. What's going to happen? And what God is asking you tonight, the question God is asking you is, can these bones live? Can these dreams live? And don't say no. Don't say, Lord, I, I, no. Say, God, you know. God, I'm in this valley. I've never been here before, and I'm more discouraged than I've ever been. But you know, God. You know. You know that, 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 that this, yeah, this dream could live if you're in it. Wow. Wow. And so the Lord said, Prophesy to those bones. Prophesy. Tell them to live. Tell, tell those bones to come together. I mean, they were scattered all over that valley. And so you know what he began to do? He began to prophesy to those bones. Now, you know, when I was in elementary school, we learned a little old song. And I don't know whether you've ever heard it or not. But it goes like this, bones, dim, bones, dim, dry bones, bones, dim, bones, dim, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And those bones begin to move. And the song says, uh, a toe bone connected to the foot bone, foot bone connected to the ankle bone. Ankle bone connected to the shin bone. Hear the word of the Lord. Woo! They asked me to come preach all over the country. They don't ask me to sing. 
All right. So here, as he began to prophesy, you know what happened? The bones begin to slither across the ground. They begin to reconnect. And now they've got skeletons laying all over this valley. And he said, prophesy again. And he prophesied again. And skin and sinew muscles came on those bones. And then he said, I want you to prophesy to the wind. And he began to prophesy to the wind. And the wind began to blow. And breath came into those bones. And you know what? Then they stood up. The Bible says, an exceeding great army you know what I believe let me tell you what I believe oh I, I feel this so strong I believe that 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 this church right here this building cannot hold the revival that God has I'll tell you what I see not just Easter Sunday I see an is it 9 and 11 this uh, this Sunday I see a 9 and 11 service every Sunday how, is anybody hearing me? Anybody hearing me? I see you having to streamline it a little more. And I see a, a 8.30 service, uh, and, and, and then you go to a 10 o'clock service, uh, and then you go to an 11.30 service. Is anybody hearing me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then, I, then I believe you're going to have to put a 1 o'clock on. You see, hear the word of the Lord. Woo! And so while he prophesied, keep standing. While he prophesied, those they stood up. All right, y'all stand up. An exceeding great army. You know what? There's people all over this area. There's people everywhere that are hungry. They need something that you and I have. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to prophesy to the wind. Holy Spirit, we want you to blow. Blow in us. Make us alive. Make us alive. Set me on fire and blow throughout Lumberton, blow throughout Beaumont, blow throughout this region. Oh, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in the house right now. 